Hey now, welcome to the City Off-Campus podcast with your two favorite hosts, Sammy Summerfeld and Jack McFarland. So today we're joined by now former Iowa kicker, Caleb Shudak. So six years and done, how does it feel now to, you know, you played your last couple snaps for Iowa and now you're kind of moving on. So how have you been able to grasp that? It was a really bittersweet that last game was kind of, didn't really hit you until the game was over that, hey, like, NFL is never guaranteed. This might be my last football game ever. I've been here for six years, and it kind of all hit me at once in the locker room, and it was just kind of – I mean, it was really sad, but you know, I did all that, spent all that work, did all that time, made all that improvement to, you know, finally give myself a chance to, you know, live my childhood dream and play the NFL. So, but it's still very bittersweet. You know, I spent a quarter of my life at Iowa. Um, so, but I had a lot of fun, and I'm ready to kind of move on and – take my chances the next level when you were prepping for the bowl game did it even feel like it was the last game or did it just feel like a normal couple weeks where it was like oh just another bowl game because I've done this so many times before at first it felt like just another bowl game because you know we've been the four four other ones that was a fifth yeah just kind of felt like because we've done it before the whole bowl prep um you know we had Devo work which younger guys get work practices practice schedules kind of built around finals um but no, it was, felt pretty normal. And then by the end of the week, I realized, wow, I'm never going to do this again. I'm never going to hang out with the guys after the game again. And then it was just kind of like, so the last, I'd say Friday, Saturday, we're really starting to get a little emotional thinking about like, hey, this is the last time I could do this with all these guys. And um, yeah, it was just, it was a little tough, you know, at the end of the game, especially beginning, even warmups, I started thinking, man, I'm never going to, this is kind of, it was 85 and sunny too, but it was still kind of just, wow, I can't believe career my career might be over uh, there's no guarantee of anything after this so kind of try to take it all in and it just you know went by too fast but and you know the final two games of your career obviously didn't go the way you would have liked them to go and so one thing I was curious about was can you kind of take us inside like the Big Ten championship kind of what that experience was like for you I mean you were at Iowa six years and you got to end it on a Big Ten championship run so what was that experience like Despite yeah, I mean, it wasn't our, yeah, it wasn't the result we wanted, but, you know, being able to – I remember we were sitting around watching Minnesota play Wisconsin that last night and thinking, like, hey, we code Big Ten champs, but, you know, that's cool. And then, you know, Minnesota obviously won, and it was like, wow. So we had to go through a whole other week. That felt like a regular week until we got to Indianapolis, and it was like – that was like escorts everywhere. You know, we were in a hotel, and all the fans were there. So it kind of felt like a bull game, and then it was like you get to – stadium and I've never been in a dome like that I'm like this is just unreal um you know then you kind of feel the weight of the game during warm-ups everything it's so uh, professional business-like and it was just an awesome experience and a lot of fun to kind of say we got there obviously we didn't you know play our best ball or you know we played a really good Michigan team but it was a lot of fun and it was really cool to kind of say hey I played in Lucas Oil Stadium for the Big Ten Championship obviously not the best, but, uh, you know, it's still really cool to say, you know, tell guys, hey, we got to go through that whole week. We got to play a 13th game right there and um, give ourselves a chance. But, yeah, a lot of – some guys can't say that. So, it was, I thought it was a lot of cool – a lot of fun. It was really cool for me. So, One question I have going back to the bowl prep is, like, how does the, the bowl preparation practices differ from, like, the regular season practices? And, and you said they give a, a little more time for the younger players to develop and get more snaps. Like, kind of take us into how that is different. Uh, so initially we probably take a couple of days off, give guys a rest. And then the next, like, I know we don't practice every day after that. It's, you know, every other day or a couple of days off, a couple of days on. 
but yeah, the younger guys, it's more of like a spring practice where you get the guys that haven't taken as many game reps, so they get reps. So you can give all the starters or the guys that took a significant number of reps um, some time off, let their bodies heal a little bit before we dive into another game week. But yeah, so like we'll have like a quick practice where, you know, kind of like a walkthrough tempo, uh, like an hour long maybe with the entire team, the starters, um, two deep guys. And then after that, it's another like 75 minutes of deep, what we call Devo where the younger guys put pads on and then they do like their own practice where they get, you know, 20, 30 reps where you can start seeing some guys that might get a look in spring ball that can make a difference the next year and kind of just the beginning of the coaches like evaluation process for the next year kind of get a little head start on that. But I think that's something we've done every year since I've been there. And, you know, it's kind of nice, you know, being an older guy, we get to watch and kind of take a step back and not have to worry about anything. So. So during that step back, one question I was personally wondering is, has someone like Tory Taylor decided to take his chances with kicking and like actually, you know, kicked off or around field goals during this prep or is that just off limits in his book? No, we've actually talked a lot about, uh, I'm going to, we're going to work with him to do kickoffs. We're going to, I'm going to practice with him this off season. He wants to learn how to do it. I think that's a good skill to have as a punter. You see so many NFL punters now that do kickoffs for, you know, their team. So I think it just, you know, adds to your value when you ultimately want to get drafted or want to get, um, you know, a chance to the next level. You can say, hey, I can punt and kick off and hold. Obviously a team is like, hey, that's huge. We can, you know, have two, two guys in kickoff is, you know, saves them an extra guy. But yeah, so I think, I don't know if he wanted me to share that or not, but me and <laughs> me, he's, he's been asking me, he's like, Hey, can you show me how to kick off? I go, Hey, if you can show me how to punt a little bit, then I think we have a deal. So, or are you going to tr- try your hand at a little punting? Uh, I just want to be able to say I can do it. So, yeah. you know, if I ever make it to the next level and a team, like something happens to the punter warmups, I can say, Hey, I, I can do it. Like I'm, it's not going to be a Tory Taylor ball, but I can do it in the air. So when was the last time you like full on punted in a game, like high school? I think junior high. I didn't even punt in high wow. school. I uh, I so I was like I played every side of the ball. So I used punt as my my uh my breather during the game. I was like, <laughs> we, had, we had a guy that actually likes to punt my whole four years, and I'm like, hey, let him do it. I need a break. So I, I was like, that's perfect for me. But uh, yeah. So I actually only got punted in a game since like eighth grade. Did you ever tell Coach Woods like, hey, I I, I can do it. You can just give me the shot. I always jack around in practice and be like, hey, coach, like, watch. I can put a ball in the air. And it, it only goes like 45 yards, but hey, it looks pretty. So I'm like, hey, if something ever happens to Tori and, you know, let's have a little fun, I think I can do it. But were there, any, know, I, were there any skill players that said the same thing? Like, hey, coach, I was that I mean, guy in high school. Pretty much everybody's like, hey, I, I, kicked, <laughs> I, kicked in, I kicked in junior high or I kicked in high school for the freshman team. Like, all right, come on, let's give it a try. And then they end up hitting the line or putting about 50 yards left. So it's like, oh, okay, you, you could punt. There's a couple of guys. I think Brandon Smith could punt. And I know my roommate, Sean Byer, they could actually put a ball in there and hit a nice spiral. I was like, wow. So there's a few guys, but a lot of guys think they can until they actually try it. It's just like watching, I don't know, toddlers try to hit a ball. So did you, did you guys ever do the thing where um, you either use the jugs machine or an actual punter and you have the lineman or skill, other skill positions go out and try and catch it? Yeah, that's like a pre-practice thing. Is okay. Instead of the punters punting live to them, the punters do their own little warm-up, and then we have a machine that hits like kickoffs or hits a hits a punt to the guys well, so they can get did, reps. Did in. you have, did you ever try and catch one? Oh, I used I used to shag for the punters during periods too, as a as a returner. If like you know Charlie was hurt or um, Nico wasn't practicing, I would just jump back there and catch a few balls, and then I get yelled at, "Hey, don't get hurt!" I'm like, I'm just having a little fun. You know? <laughs> Um, I returned punts in high school, so I always pretended if you know something happened in the game, I'm like the sixth man. You know, five guys go down, I could do it. So, 
Would you would you would you call yourself more of like a, a Charlie Jones type returner when you were in high school, or were you more safe and you would you would try to play it like field position? You didn't really want to take the chances because Charlie, I think he's addicted to taking chances, and every oh, fan loves that. Hundred percent. Um, in high school, though, I I'd probably take chances, but you know, seeing how fast those guys are in college <laughs> level, I think I just you know wait for a catch and just keep myself safe. If it ever came down to it, I'd be more like uh, probably Riley McCarron. You know, okay. he took a chance here and there, but he was also pretty safe with the ball. So, with this kind of up and down season that you guys kind of experienced, what was kind of the highlight of it all for you? Like, this outside the Big Ten championship, obviously. Like, was there a game moment? Um, you know, a play that you know a kick you made stands out. I for for me, I'd say it was the whole Nebraska game. You know, I have. I, mean, I hate to say it, but I have such a distaste, you know, just being from the Western side of the state. I, you know, I have a lot of family that's Nebraska fans and hear a lot. Of, I get a lot of their news when I'm home. So, you know, being able to go over there and like be a part of like, you know, I thought a big part of that win and beat that team felt, felt really good. And they you know that's something's going to stick with me for the rest of my life. Uh, other than that, I think the you know, Penn state game was obviously fun. A game. I mean, I don't think I've ever heard or been a part of anything so loud. Like my, body was like shaking I couldn't hear for like two days after that game but yeah that was that was an experience I'm gonna take with me for the rest of my life so you were at Iowa for a couple field storms so yeah. how would you rank those field storms I want to say Penn State was the coolest because it was so loud and it just we all knew it was coming um I think the other ones were Penn State our freshman year yeah, that was cool one too Minnesota 2020 or 2019 when yeah, they were yeah, yeah. undefeated. That was a cool one too, but I still still think Penn State, there's just the stadium was so loud for so long. Everybody just wanted to. And then when it came down to, you know, obviously the final couple of minutes when we were like, hey, we I think we got this. Uh, the tension was just building. You could see people creeping down and then getting off the field. I think it took me 40 minutes to get off the field. That was that was awesome. So and then, you know, you kind of were just talking about, you know, kind of the special teams, you know, a little bit. What was it like being a part of that group this year? Like, how did, how is that group a little different than other groups in the past? Just between you, Tori, Charlie, some of the other guys in the, you know, some of the other guys in the room, just what was that kind of like this year for you? I, it was fun being a part of, you know, finally being one of those, those guys. Um, but regardless, it was being part of that group, we all had so everybody had so much confidence in us, not just like in our room, not just like the other specialists or the other returners. I mean, the whole team, you know, if Charlie was going to go return a punt or kickoff, the whole team's off the bench in the game. We all want to see what's going to happen because you never know. Like he might have a 40 yard return. He might, he might make a couple guys miss. He might take a chance, you know, with a guy right in his face. Um, so that I mean, everybody's off their feet for that. And uh, being, being part of that excitement and like the confidence that the team would put forth when Tori gets sent out, I get sent out or Charlie was out there. Um, it was awesome, you know, having all hundred and some guys on the sideline, just, you know, Hey, you got this. We're all right. We're good. Like they just, they just knew. And it was, you know, fun to be part of that. And, you know, kind of a you know, real confidence builder and good, good, for, good for the self-esteem, you know, when you have so many guys at your back like that. Yeah. Cause was, oh, go, go ahead. No, go, no, you go. I, I was going to say that, you know, I was one of the few teams in football, I'd say pro and um, college level where it's just like, the fans love watching special teams. Like the fans love to see Tori make a punt. They love to see you kick a deep field goal. They love to see what Charlie's going to do when he returns. So it just seems like too, just being a part of that just would be so cool just because of the fact that like, 
the fans genuinely are interested, you know, when the special teams unit comes out compared to other teams where they're like, oh, they, you know, we're just kicking a field goal here. Or we're just hitting another punt where, you know, it's just we the way Iowa football plays, you know, it's so reliant on special teams to do their jobs. Yeah, like I think his parents, coach was just harp on it and like all their postseason in season interviews, how important special teams are for us, like the fans, so the fans football IQ is really high. They know field position is huge in Iowa football and like how we play. They know three points in a lot of Big Ten games is going to matter. So, you know, obviously when a big play happens and how invested they get, how loud they are afterwards, is it's really fun to experience. And like, you know, knowing the fans are just, you know, they enjoy it just as much as we do. Um, having that is really exciting. And, you know, it's really fun to be a part of a lot of, I mean, it's crazy to think a lot of schools and a lot of guys don't get that. And I think that's something I'm going to, I'm going to really miss just having the opportunity to play for fans that really appreciate, you know, what we do and kind of know how, how difficult our job can be sometimes. And I think it goes without being said that Nebraska game was, I would say decided the momentum flip with special teams and, oh, and you, you don't, you don't sit there when you watch a game, you go, man, special teams are really going to be the difference here today. But it felt like on social media, every single Nebraska fan was like, this shit's going to come down to special teams and it's going to fuck us again somehow. And it sure did. And it was just unreal to have that feeling of we have this advantage in the most unheralded part of the game. Everyone says there's the three phases of football, but everyone always talks about offense, defense. And it was so evident that day that special teams was the difference. And I think Hawkeye fans really had a a giant sense of pride after that game because we, it seemed we were flawless that day. Did it feel like that on the sidelines and and during the, in the special teams meetings after that game that man, we were locked. Yeah. Like I, it was, it was cool to see that too. Cause after, you know, I think every phase played well that game. Like, I don't remember the meeting being like, Oh, Hey, we could have done this, but it was like, Hey, like really good job guys. Like the effort was there. Execution was there. It was a lot of fun. And like, well, the best part about it was the whole week we're like, Hey, you know, we have an edge on special teams. Like, that special teams is going to play a huge role in this game. Like, we have no doubt about that. Like, we have an edge. Like, we're we're the better special teams unit, and we're going to show that. And if we show that, we're going to win the game. And so, to like, actually, and then the game, it came down. Like, it was a huge punt block. Torrey has some huge punts. And we had, you know, I think we scored, like, I don't know, 10, 12 points in kicking. I'm like, that ended up being huge. So, um, yeah, it was just the way we harped on all week and the way – the media, the media knew like, hey, we've it's come down to special teams the last what three years. So like everybody, you know, I've been talking about it, and then it came down to it in the game, and we executed well. And you know, I could be more proud of all the special teams guys. It's a lot of fun. So I just kind of want, you know, I was looking at your stats of this season before the podcast, and you know, you missed only four field goals this year. You were perfect from forty to forty nine range. You know, almost perfect, basically from you know fifty yards out. And then you never missed an extra point. So I was just curious, like, as the season went on, because this was your first full year being able to kick field goals and stuff, did you see your confidence grow as the season went on? Or were you you kind of just level-headed throughout the whole year? How did your performance dictate how you felt about, you know? Uh, Yeah, definitely as the season went on, I remember the first couple of field goals against Indiana, I was, like, almost shaking. I, like, you know, I was – you kind of like imagine it, you visualize it, but it's not really the same until you're in that position. So like, and then I'd say, you know, every rep got, I got more and more comfortable. You know, we got to, I think by the halfway point of the season, I think I was at like 10 or 12 reps um, in the game. And I, I mean, I was fully like after that, I think pretty much level-headed after that. At least the, I knew I could do it. I knew my routine. I knew how to get to the point where I could make a kick. But, you know, I think one thing that 
you know, being an older guy and going through six years of camps and practices, I kind of, I'm able to detach how I feel and my confidence level from my performance. Cause I know I, I know if I miss kick, the next one's going to go in. Like I have enough confidence in myself. I'm missing two doesn't happen very often. So um, yeah, I don't, if I miss a kick, it doesn't really, I've had enough reps in my life, like thousands of reps where, you know, I know, I know I can do it. And, you know, my performance in the game is not going to dictate, but obviously like having success early really helped my confidence later on. But like it, it got to the end of the season. I just, you know, I was ready to go and I was like, hoping, you know, my number's going to be called, you know, I obviously want seven points, but I'm sitting there like, you know, I hope we get stall. I hope we stall and I, I want to kick a field right now. So, uh, but yeah, I think those first few reps helped me settle in. And after that, it was pretty, um, pretty level and confidence pretty, pretty much the same. It never really failed off, especially it helped having guys that were like, Hey, don't worry about it. We got this. And, you know, having guys that have my back in practice. So. Was there ever a specific play or opportunity to go out and kick a field goal where you were almost happy that like they didn't convert a touch, you know, they didn't get a touchdown, didn't get the first down. You're able to go and drill a kick. Was there like a specific kick this year where you were like, I'm so glad I got to do that one. The last one, I think it was, we got stalled against um, Nebraska. The last one, it was like, I think we got stalled like the 25 or 26. It was like 44, 45. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, I hope we stall right now to tie the game. Cause you know, I just, it's Nebraska. I just wanted to do it. And you know, it's third and six or something. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Like coaches are like, I heard the coach call like a run play or something where I'm like, all right, I think we're just setting up for a field goal here. And that, and I was trying not to smile, but you know, obviously excited. I was ready. Like I was, there's one team I wanted to do that against. It was against Nebraska. So it was a lot of fun to kind of have that, that kick will live with me for the rest of my life. I'll never forget it. Well, and that's what I was wondering about, like in the special teams room and stuff, like and amongst those guys, if you're with them, like on the sideline, is there almost like a little bit of a hope you guys don't convert third downs and stuff so you get playing time? Like ever, are there ever those moments or is it almost like, hey, we just want the team to perform? Like, you know, would you want to play less? Like, you know, like you're in a unique position where like if they do really well offensively, you're only going out for an extra point or whatever. But if it's a little bit of a tougher game, you get to be on the field a lot more and do what you're, you know, wanting to do, you know? Yeah. I can't speak for the punters. I don't really know how Tory feels about – I mean, I think he loves hitting, like, pooch balls and stuff. But I know for field goals, like, selfishly, I'm I'm okay. If we stall, like, a 30-yard line, we attempt a field goal. I mean, I think the fans, I think the team wants to score points. But if like, if it's going to help us win – if we're going to win at the end of the day, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all for it. I'm, like, sitting there. I think every good kicker is, like, they just want to kick. So, like, it's tough sitting there. Like, I love when the team scores. Well, they score 55 against Maryland. That's awesome. Yeah, it's man. a lot of fun. But – I think it's – I still think it's fun when you – know, oh, hey, field goal. I'm like, all right, here we go. I think that's kind of keeps me on my toes. And, yeah, every good kicker wants to kick. So, it's kind of – but, yeah, we always want the team to win. So, at the end of the day, when it comes down to win, like, because um, Penn State, when we threw that, I don't know, <laughs> backdoor post route to um, Nico. Nico. Obviously oh, yeah. happy for that. We wanted to score. Like, that was that was huge. They uh, put the game away for us. So, uh, but, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of kickers want to kick, and I'm one of those guys, like, selfishly, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, oh, we're at the 20-yard line. It wouldn't be a bad time to, you know, take a sack and, <laughs> you know, set us up for a field goal. But, no, I just want to win at the end of the day. So, Is there ever a difference for you, like, when you're getting on the field to kick an extra point compared to a field goal? Like, extra point, you know, you were 100% this year. So I'm just wondering, yeah. like, is it just like, oh, I know this is – like, 
this is nothing, no matter what the conditions are on the field or anything, or is it kind of like a field goal too, where you're kind of like mentally like thinking about it? That's, that's a really good question because so, you know, you're, you're so close in a college PAT that it's like, Oh, I should go out there and just make this all time. But I think my, my worst kicks this year were actually my, some of my PATs, you know, I'm only 21 yards away and I'm almost hitting the upright sometimes. I'm like, Oh, that's not good. Um, but else comes down to sometimes we have like, you know, pick six. I'm on the bench drinking water, talking to Spencer. There's a pick six. So I'm trying to, I'm finding my helmet. They're starting the play clock. And I'm like, you know, oh shit. It's like, I didn't get hit a warm up ball. I didn't get on the bike. I didn't stretch. I'm walking out there like, oh, this could go really good or this could go really bad. Um, but well, no, I think, yeah, PATs are a different, a different animal. Well, and that's what I was going to ask you too, is like, how do you stay loose when you like, when you're expected to go on the field in a moment where you're like, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to come out right now. Like I, I'm like, you know, thinking whatever the game's just going on and you're just hanging out on the sideline. Like the Indiana game, for example. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah that's a good that example. Game, that, that, because that was our first PAT and I'm sitting like, well, obviously it was a pick six and I'm like, oh man, I haven't hit a ball in like 45 minutes. I'm like, and it was a terrible kick. I mean, it, if they would have like put their hands up, it would have been blocked. I almost missed left. And I go, coach comes over. What was that? And I go, I don't know. It's over. It, went, it was one point. We're good, right? But uh, no, I was like, I was nervous for that one because I'm like, oh, God, we're like 20 yards away. I can't miss. Um, but yeah, usually in a game after that, it's kind of just when the defense is out there after a couple of games, I'm like, you know, I actually got to get on a bike every once in a while and make sure I'm loose just in case, you know. Jack gets a sack, somebody gets a strip sack, and then, you know, Campbell picks it up for a scoop and score, or Riley gets a pick six. I'm like, I better be ready. So kind of learned after that. I'd, you know, I'd sit down, but then I'd, I'd get on the bike every couple minutes. I'd, you know, make sure my hamstrings are loose. So nothing happens. I can go out there and hit a good ball. That defense just never give you a, t- a break off. No, I could never just actually check out and just, you know, unwind and relax. It was like, oh, shit, we might – Ryan, we got to be ready. We might have to go out there and hit a ball here in a second. So – you opened the episode, you're talking about how um, Lucas Oil was the first time you'd ever been in a dome like that. Um, we had, before the Big Ten Championship, we had Tyler Kluver on, and he was talking to us about how he was excited for you and Tori to be in an indoor setting. How did you see during warmups and throughout the game, like, how the ball came off your foot, and were you sitting there like, God damn, I wish Iowa would, would have just built a dome, like, 10 years ago, because we would be overpowered as a special teams unit if that was the case? Oh, yeah, like, I remember in warm-up, I'm sitting there, I'm hitting balls. I'm like, no, I don't even need to hit balls anymore because, like, there's not going to be any – usually I spend half the warm-up, like, all right, what's the wind doing? Because in a lot of teams, it swirls. So it might be in your face one way. might be coming across wind over on this this side of the field. Like, I didn't have to do that. But I'm like, I'm just, like, hitting balls. And I'm like, I, I, I'm loose, so I should probably stop. But, you know, it's so cool, you know, because it's, like, a perfect 70 degrees. There's no wind. You know, you hit a ball and you know exactly, like, I'm, like, I hit it 60 yards it's going 60 yards. There's no question about it. Like Tori's like, he's gonna hit a ball towards the sideline. It's going to stay on the side. Like, the wind's not going to blow it back. Like, so, I mean, just not having to stress about that and worry about that. It kind of just kind of stay calm and it helps, you know, keep those nerves down too. You don't have to worry about anything like that. It's just going out there and hitting a good ball. So. And um, speaking of pro stadiums and stuff, I wanted to touch on now you're kind of going into draft prep. So what's that now going into this spring looking like for you? What's kind of the schedule? Where are you planning to train? Like what's kind of going on from that aspect of things? Yeah, so uh, right now I'm just I'm kind of shopping around for an agent. Um, 
have some guys I'm starting to talk to kind of, you know, play the field, do my due diligence and figure out, you know, who's going to best represent me and give me the best opportunity. Cause a lot of times it comes down to who they know, um, what they know. Cause you know, obviously if some guys, you know, they have a, some guys going to retire, retire in a couple of years or a year. Hey, if you want to sit and be, you know, on the practice squad for a year, like you might want to go try it with these guys instead of, you know, going to a two week try with these guys, they're going to cut you anyway. Um, but no, so other than that, I think I'm gonna go, I'll start training in Iowa next week. That's where I'll do most of my like strength training. And then, you know, obviously we have an indoor, so I have a place to kick, but I'll travel a little bit. I'll go, I'll probably travel to like Arizona with Jamie Cole. He does a huge, um, Cole's camp and I'll work with him a little bit. Um, there's a guy, I think Zoner, he's out of the, I think Phoenix too. Um, work with him a couple of times, just to kind of fine tune a few things. Uh, other than that, I think I'm doing the East West Shrine game in Vegas on the third. I'm going to go, I'm going to do that. That'd be, that'd be fun. Just kind of get like an NFL practice week, um, kind of work out for some scouts. And then obviously taking the Raider stadium is going to be sweet. Um, but other than that, just lift and train at Iowa and find an agent that'll help me kind of steer my way around until I get to pro day, like the end of March. That's awesome. So I guess like with the East West Shrine game, do you know who you're playing for yet? Like which side or I East or West? The, I think in the West. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What, how, how does that even get determined? Or is it just like they, they just pull I, They must draw a line somewhere and then just huh. – <laughs> I must be like I'm like so central. I'm like, how do you? Yeah. I could probably be on either one, but I think the other kicker is from South Carolina, so I'm assuming he's east. I I don't actually know anything. I'm still trying to figure out like flight plans and all that. But so I'm guessing west. But I think that'd be a cool experience to kind of play in that stadium and get a little exposure like that. Yeah, that's awesome. And you get to knock out two NFL stadiums already. Yeah, I, mean, I could say I went to Vegas and you know played in that new. I think it's what's it Allegiant Stadium. Or yeah, um, yeah. That's and it looks cool. so sick. That stadium oh, looks unreal. I can't wait to see how it looks huge. I can't wait to kick in it. Yeah, and it's I don't even know what direction, which end zone it is, but they have that like lit flame looking thing like on top. I don't even know what it is, but it just looks like an eternal flame is burning yeah. somewhere in that stadium. And I just think, man, they're they're really going for it. That's next level looking. Um one like going back to the indoor is is it all are all indoor stadiums pretty like consistent in terms of how they are inside or are you like still trying to figure out if like one is different than the other because like you said with lucas oil is like a nice 70 no wind pretty yeah. pretty chill like do you think that there is a difference or is it all pretty consistent i'm not really sure i'm not, I'm not quite sure i think it's all pretty consistent like you're not gonna have a whole lot of wind i mean the sun might be different because i know like dallas has their glasses behind mm-hmm. one of the goalposts i think I think, um, what is it, the Chargers Stadium, they have the same thing. They have, like, an opening where the sun comes in, so you obviously have to play that. But I think the backdrops can be different. Like, I know it was weird seeing Lucas Oil, but it was so much so much darker on each end that the goalpost looked so far away. It was so weird. I, like, oh, it was like an initial, illusion almost? Yeah, it was like, I'm looking, I'm like, you just see these, like, really bright yellow poles, and then it's just dark. I'm like, God, they look so far away right now. I'm only, like, 40 yards, like. At Kinnick, I'm like, 40 yards looks like – I'm like, it's like right there. I got to touch it. But so, like, kind of like – I think how they're built, like, if they're, like, higher or bowled out. But I think – I know Luke's Oil was kind of deep. Um, maybe that played a role. I don't really know. Hoping to, like, you know, when I get to the Vegas Stadium, I can kind of see if that's something that's consistent or different. But I think that's the only thing I can think of. And then the other question I have is, have you talked to – Keith Duncan at all about this process and kind of like what went on 
for him after he had graduated and trying to take anything from that? Oh, yeah. I was actually just texting him before uh, I got on with you guys, you know, kind of figure out you know, who his agent was, what they recommended, um, kind of get in contact and see what he see what he recommended. Like, hey, is there something you did that you liked or something you did that you didn't like or things that you wish you would have done? So um, he's been kind of helping me out, kind of figure out who to go to, who to avoid. Um, and then saying what he recommends, like, hey, I wish I would have done this. I'm like, oh, man, I'll look into that. I didn't think about that. So. Yeah, he's he's a lot of help too. He's like, hey, if you ever want to stop by Des Moines, we can work out and kick. I'm like, I might take you up on that. So <laughs> definitely. I is he still is he still actively like, training, kicking, doing all of that? I haven't really been following Keith I, that much recently. I don't know if he. I, I assume so. I don't know mm-hmm. if he's kicking a whole lot. I know he does his kicking camp, so I right. assume he he stays active kicking. But you know, I know I know he still has his agent. Um, so my guess is yeah, he's still working out. But you know, gotcha. I, I don't want to speak for him. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'd love to love to work out and have kicked with him in probably a year or so. Awesome. How how is the how is the uh how is like the special teams room like after the season's been finished now like you you were with Keith for the majority of your career and after like this is the first season where you were I would say without Keith and you were the leader in that room for the kickers like how was that different for you to kind of be more of a leader this year? Oh, it was kind of a growing experience learning how to be more vocal and you know Keith was a great teacher. Keith knew how to like step back, look at something, and then like coach it at a level that other people could understand it so and I had to learn a lot from like that was hard for me initially kind of sitting back and the other guys watching and then kind of giving my input in a way that was understandable for everybody um so yeah it was obviously a learning curve that's not something that came natural to me uh, but you know le- I learned a lot from Keith that kind of took what he did and what he would like how he would break things down with the, uh, the younger guys and um yeah it was a lot of fun I think it was a really good experience kind of being able to you know I can take some of those skills I learned and take him with me to the next level or, you know, the workplace, whatever ends up happening. So what's the biggest thing you're going to miss about playing college football? I'm going to say after the games in the locker room and the bars with the team after big wins, I think that's going to be, that's going to be tough. Those are experiences that, you know, some of the games, you know, I remember them a little bit, but it's, it's more, Hey, I remember locker room after this win. I remember going to, I'm going to say I'm going to summit after this win. I, um, yeah. Or going to, you know, I remember going to George Kittle's house after one of the games, our freshman year, I think it was after the uh, mission game, you know, a little fresh at me. I'm like, wow, I don't, what am I doing here? I don't, I, just, I don't remember a whole lot about the game except the kick and then going to George's house. And I was like, this is sweet. So. That's uh, that's great. When's uh, it's like when's the pro day you said is in, would you say March? I think it's like the week after spring break. And so. and then like from there, it's just kind of wait and see, keep in contact with your agent at that time and then just see what opportunities come up. Yeah. You just, I think you wait till it's like a, um, the draft day. Yeah. Obviously kicker, a lot of kickers don't get drafted. I think this year is a heavy punter draft. So there might only be one kicker that gets drafted, but after that, it's wait until that's over. And then you get your agents kind of in contact for free agent deals or, if they don't want to give you a free agent deal, they'll hey, come in and try out these days. And then that's, that's like what, mid, mid-April, I think. Mm. My, my dates are all, I'm still trying to figure that all out. But yeah, then once that's done, May is like the rookie mini camps or tryouts, whatever it is. And then you kind of go through that. And then if they want you back, come in for camp, whatever, that's end of July to August. So a lot of it's just like you keep training, keep working, but it's not quite as like, hey, I'm not training for a pro day. So I'm not training just 
you know, to perform a drill or hit hit a certain ball. Like I'm just training for, you know, game time now. And I don't remember when we last talked, but who is your NFL team of choice? I I don't I'd, I'd have to say. Are, are you, didn't, were you? Kind I never of like had on the one. Fence? Yeah, I was like, I never right. really had one. My that's right. I think my dad cheered for like the Vikings when I was little, so I was like, oh, hey, the Vikings are cool. Like they're kind oh, of so you're thing. in turmoil as well right now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I'm we're just... Bears fans here, so we understand kind of how that's feeling. I just didn't know if you were like actively rooting for someone in the playoffs. We haven't, and we you know probably won't for the foreseeable future. So just wanted to get that you know out there before the playoffs started. Has <laughs> been. <laughs> been a tough year for the Bears fans. I know my roommate Austin Spivak, he's a Bears fan and just yeah, emotional the, rollercoaster for him. But the one consistency I will say all season has been the kicker that you, you know, watch Cairo Santos. I mean, the guy's yeah, oh, been nails, absolutely so nails all year. I mean, he's been the unsung hero that has just kept the Bears in games, it feels like at times, because on offense, they take three steps back and one step forward, and it's just there's no pos- positivity. I mean, when you got Nick Foles, Matt Nagy, it just – I'm so glad it's done. I'm so glad. And uh, Just a little off the record – I mean, not off the record, off topic. Like, did as a Vikings fan, did you want Mike Zimmer gone? I didn't really feel like he was much of a problem. I, no, I, I don't think he was. I think they were so close to being, like, a, you know, like an 11-win team. Like, you know, obviously, what were they, 500? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, they had a lot yeah. of injuries. Yeah, and, like, a lot of it came down to, like, like two minutes. Two mm-hmm. minutes before half or two minutes another the game, like they weren't bad. Like they're not like they got blown out by everybody. So, I mean, no, I mean, they, different they about beat, it. They but... beat the Bears' ass. I mean, if, yeah, if, it doesn't take a whole lot, but they did yeah. that. So they beat the bad teams. That's always the good thing. Yeah. Speaking of the Bears, though, like I mean, I know you guys have heart. I don't know if you're still heartbroken about the double joint with Cody Parkey. Yes. Hey, that, guy, yeah. that, that, that end up getting you to Cody, uh, not Cody, uh, Cairo Santos. I mean, that dude has been. What is he like? Ninety five percent the last like two years. Yeah, like, but did yeah. did you did you hear like how it kind of went down? What Nagy did that following off season and like going a trial or whatever. But did you hear how he handled the tryout? He had uh-uh. them kick from the exact spot that Cody missed from. He had every oh, single kicker come in and kick from that spot, and then he oh, like marked it down to Eddie. And then two other guys. And I was like, why are we – your brain is broken if you're just going to have these guys kick from the same spot. I remember that because remember they reported, like, the numbers were not good. Terrible. I, I think, like, Eddie and then – who was the other guy's name? Oh, um, my God. Uh, there was they, Chris they were, Blewett. They had Chris Blewett, I know, for yeah, sure. And then – Because uh, they, kept, they Hater, kept two guys after that. Oh, uh, there was a Fry. I don't remember his first oh. name. Oh, gosh. Yeah, but, no. Yeah, they kept, had, like, only kickers. two that made it. Yeah, they were, like, two for eight. From that spot yep. and they kept they ended up keeping those two guys and i'm like oh my god that was just i can't imagine like the stress and the pressure because like i was everybody knew what happened everyone's um, eyes were on the bears in that uh, position <laughs> i know everyone oh uh, well, i remember that, that you was you bring up cody parkey and it reminds me of videos of him training and kicking balls at light poles and just banging them and you think well no shit he hit the bar every single time that year he's been training to do it his whole life have you ever just like kicked balls at light poles? I just want to put that out there and let you say yes or no. Uh, yeah, I did yesterday actually. Oh, uh, Jesus. <laughs> so it's different though in the Midwest. Like if you're practicing that in the Midwest, I'm aiming like five yards left to the wind to blow it back. So Fair. You know, yeah, and he was so, kicking in Florida and he definitely yeah, so had like, different temperatures. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's different when you kick in the Midwest because obviously like every day is like 10 or 15 mile an hour winds. And then it, obviously it gets colder. So I think being in the Big Ten, we get, we're, 
that's like a competitive edge for us. A lot of us know how to kick in those kind of conditions. So, you know. Oh, but just I, see, I, I, I'll do it, but I'm practicing it with wind. So right, it's, well, I'm not see, quite as successful. Bears fans see that drill and see any kicker do it, and they immediately get like PTSD trauma, and they go, "That's that's going to break the kicker. Like he can't, he's not allowed to do that." So it's good to hear someone like you say that it's it's normal. This is not a it taboo yeah. thing that we can just peg to Cody Parkey for the rest of our lives. Yeah, yeah. I think I think most guys do it. You know, if you can hit a one foot wide pole, you should be able to make you know between whatever the uprights are 18 feet or something like that so pretty good point didn't think about it like that are there any specific like you know if you get the opportunity to play in the nfl are there any specific stadiums that are kind of like on the bucket list like i'd love to kick here or i'd love to kick there i'd love to kick at dallas's um mm. their stadium i think that would be just one of the it's one of the biggest stadiums in the world um, jerry world yeah i think that'd be that'd be sweet um, that's tough. I knew like Soldier South. Field would be the hardest field to kick at. That, that's what I've heard. I've heard it's one of the like the wind, like, obviously the windy city, but I've heard it's one of like the toughest stadiums to kick in. The winds kind of going every damn direction. You know, I work. Jamie Cole is a he runs his own camp. Um, he consults with the the Bears, or he used to consult with the Bears. Um, but yeah, he's like, yeah, it's one of the toughest places to kick. You know, you don't know which way the wind's gonna go. I'm like, yeah, that's. <laughs> that kind of that sucks but that'd be that'd be a fun state to play in i think are they gonna build a new one yeah they're okay so they had their like end of the season press conference last week or earlier this week and the only thing i took away from it even though we have a head coaching and gm vacancy was that it takes a long time to close property deals on large properties and they oh. alluded to the fact that they're looking at the idea of having the stadium. they wouldn't like say they would but it's gonna happen like they're gonna have yeah, a retractable roof probably it literally will have yeah, yeah has yeah. to yeah i think so i think yeah dallas stadium and metlife uh, the giant stadium i think that'd be another sweet place to play yeah, that would be cool that'd be and cool I, I think the vikings would be cool just because it's a dome yeah it's, not, it's like a you know, all glass dome I it's a sunny dome yeah yeah that'd be, that'd be kind of cool to be in so you got anything else sam no this is great all right caleb we can't thank you enough for coming on and good luck the rest of the way training all of this entire process it's i mean it's probably going to be a whirlwind but it's once in a lifetime opportunity so yeah. good luck appreciate really you appreciate coming it. on uh, yeah, thank you so much and like always guys not the same time same place be sure to check out the big grove giveaways we're doing right now we will see you guys later